0: Motown Rundown, here we go. It is Thursday, November 11th. We are still behind schedule, but we are here nonetheless. Gentlemen, it is the great, it's great to see your faces. Trent, What's Collins, the
1: Are we going to midweek now? Because the Lions suck.
0: Oh, yeah, you proposed
1: propose that. I don't know. It's, I Collins, didn't propose you're more that. T- Trent proposed it. But I well, think you guys a good are more idea.
0: tapped into the, the sports journalism world and what the people want. You guys understand the demographic
1: more than I do. Well, if they do a, if think the... going I think going during the week is probably better if the lions are gonna suck this much, which they do.
0: That's fine. I'll I'll allow it. Why? Because you don't think it's people care to hear about the Lions immediately on well, Monday? well,
1: I mean, we don't even want to talk about the Lions on a Monday half the time. Correct. So like I, I feel but we like, do. And it's also not like pertinent. We can talk about the Lions in three days and get our tapes out. It's not like oh, what we need to talk about what Stafford did against the Patriots. No, you know what I mean? It's just like, there. I, I don't know. I feel like more people would rather – because we get short-sighted with wins and Pistons too if we don't yeah,
0: on Monday. That's true. That's true. Dark. That's fine. I'll allow it. Well, then maybe we're not behind schedule anymore. That's yeah, a great spin know. zone. Great spin zone. We're actually right
1: on schedule because now we're moving to programming. Listen – I'm going so nice to be so nice to Ravs today just with that. Ravs gets in the Zoom and just goes – Ryan, your hair looks straight today. <laughs> I didn't
0: well, do anything to it. I feel great. I feel well, awesome. I, I just I you clearly have gotten a haircut. I I'm just you know, someone who has seen you over I the got years a haircut different like hairstyles. Really? Well, it's taken a while. I mean, you they must have cut you short. Did you go one everywhere around the sides? I'm a two on the sides guy. Two on the sides. I just think it looks, and you tell me there's no product in it. I you've got some
2: Taylor I
0: I I eh, I need to become a product guy. I'm I'm a lazy person. I'm sure if you went to the right people, you could just you, they could give you a style. That's kind of how I roll with the haircut now. Is I'm like, what's in? I want what's in. Collins, That's you need joke. you need Ming back. That's what you need. You need Ming. I, Ming, I, I, dude. Rest, Ming in, me- you're pe- you say rest in peace. My oh, I you tired? gonna say rest in peace. Like Ming's dead. No,
1: I, I thought about that. I was like, Ming is not dead. She's just retired. But um, shout out Ming, the goat, best, fantastic Sam's worker of all time. She didn't come back to work after the pandemic. It's unfortunate. So I had to find a new guy. My guy, I, I had a new guy named Trevor. Nice guy. He's done a nice job with my hair every time I've gone to him. I did go to Sports Clips one time in Ann Arbor, and they completely butchered my haircut. So I, I, I remember I, that. I, That's I, when you had the you had the helmet look. It was like all like one. It was like no, oh, wow. just straight up. It was a buzz cut. Like I, it. Was, I had to make an executive decision mid haircut. I'm like, you got to buzz it off. Like you have to just. like Like, she she asked i I don't know i've definitely said this on the pod i think i did that she literally asked me because i had really long hair before that and she i was she was like hey uh how do you want your hair uh what do you want me to do with your bangs and i said bangs what do you mean bangs said your bangs i'm like do you want me to cut them i'm like i i don't
0: i literally was like
1: i don't know what that means and then Just because I mean, because your hair never do what you want with them. No, never go to sports clips again. Sorry, but yeah, let's talk
0: sports. We can talk sports. Um, I do want to start off on on the note of Michigan State football because this has kind of been like, well, we I feel like we mix it in every week, and obviously, last week on the heels of the uh, Michigan Michigan State game, I went on my little tirade and was all high and mighty about Michigan State football, and then they enter the trap game of all trap games and and lose at Purdue. And I don't know because Collins, you obviously you have your own podcast where you talk about college football. You're very dialed into college football. Trent, you are too. I am as well. I'm not going to cut myself short. I watch a lot of college football. Um, but for the sake of conversation, I guess number one, one angle we can go at is the college football playoff rankings, which has caused the.
2: I don't want to even. Case. I don't want to even entertain that because clearly those people just don't like. Well,
1: do you guys? Do you actually care? no, sort of no, it's no so I, hard. I don't
0: care. That's what I'm saying. I don't care. Like it's. Well, I, I don't. I don't care because of how much season is left. Like, it sort in, of figure itself out regardless. Yes, it day. will. Correct. That's the that's the perfect way to put it. I just think that the the rationale behind it of like, well, last week we had Michigan State ahead of Michigan because they beat them, and then this week we felt Michigan is a better team all of a yes, sudden. And, and then the nice
1: the, one against Indiana. No one yeah, cares.
0: But but the way the way too that it was explained as far as well you know, where we have to look at, like, I'll put it this way. Instead of me rambling on, the way that that was explained and the way I have a feel for what the committee does is essentially they don't even look at, like, head-to-head. They don't look at conference wins. They don't look at conference championships. All they care about at the end of the day, and this is a question that people have had for years with the college football playoff committee, of what, what constitutes you as being one of the four teams. All they care about is if all of these teams were to be put into Madden, who would have the four highest overalls in those teams go? Like, that's clearly where their mind's at. By them well, putting Michigan, Michigan out of Michigan is State. Than
1: Michigan State. That's just the point blank. Right,
0: and it's a shame that they didn't play head-to-head and you, you can't really get yeah. a feel for who's better. Oh, wait, they actually did. And Michigan blew a 16-point lead in that game, thank you very much, with a quarter and some change to play. So, whatever. But as far as the game itself, Colin, because you were there – I've never been to Purdue. I've never been in the state. The stadium looks like a, a dog track. Like you guys want to make fun of Ryan field. That place is like a
1: shithole. Well, it but any, it is way better than Ryan field. I'll say that.
0: Fair enough. But what was the, what was the game day atmosphere? Like, I want to hear how your experience was. And then I'm sure you were sweating it all out and in, uh, in your, in your game. So. So I, what's it called?
1: Break Got down there on Friday. My buddy, Andy goes to Purdue. What Andy's the man just set it up and it's like he, he one of those people like when i have people up in east lansing i always be like oh let's try to go here and i i feel like i always screw it up like andy was dialed and he said we're gonna go to harry's will we i know you guys want to go there yeah he's like don't you want to like, do you don't that. have to worry about like, a
0: thing i got it oh, wow. the, yeah
1: like he had it all set up so it was great so friday night we go to their like go-to spot harry's awesome bar harry's chocolate shop in west Lafayette. it's like fam- Famous and stuff like that. It's like really the only bar I guess college students go to. That's. Do they crazy. have chocolate? And then it used to be a chocolate shop, but it was oh. like one of, it, it was a it was a front for uh like it was a prohibition place. Wow, that's sick! Like a speaking. It was a si- it was sick. It's a sick spot. Strong. Drink Collins drink, not a chocolate drinks. lover. Yeah, it was a, it it was a cool spot, really cool place. Saturday, what's all? I'll say this about the Purdue tailgating scene: it like Purdue's campus is like nice. Like It's just, like, really, like – it's, like, really, like, kind of modern and, like, old school feel. Nice campus. It's not as rowdy or as dialed in as I would say, like, a Michigan or Michigan State. I don't think – any. like, one of my buddies says we had a lot of Michigan State guys comes up to me and goes, yeah, man, like, it's more relaxed down here. I'm like, it's kind of hard to get less, like, I mean – more rowdy than it is at Michigan State for most yeah. tailgates. Like you go to a random like fifty year old tailgate, they are like, "Hey, let's do fireball shots and East Lansing like that." It just isn't that vibe, but really nice. Had a good experience there. A lot of random hostility towards Michigan State basketball there. I don't understand it, <laughs> but they re- they really like. I had a trouble with my buddy's friends. Just like coming up to me. First of all, I I, I hope my buddy Andy listens to this. They kept on saying can't read, can't write. I'm pretty sure like 70% of Michigan State's like campus could go to Purdue. Like, like Yeah, yeah. I literally was like-, like let's Yeah, let's pump Purdue. the brakes on Purdue I, I know, being I know the academic institution. Like sick, if I don't apply to the engineering school, I could get into Purdue. I'm sorry. I just, it didn't make any sense to me. I was like, I guess I can't. I, I'm like, I'm a dumb person. I know I can't read, can't write. Whatever, you can say that all you want to me. I I know what the requirements are to get into a university. I could have gotten to Purdue. I don't really care. It was just really random that they were saying it. I was like, what is going on? None of us wanted to go to Purdue either. So it was just a bizarre thing. Um, Ross aid student section was dialed in for them. Other than that, not really like the loudest building, but they were into it. It was a good environment. Um, They only have one side with a scoreboard, which is so bad where we were sitting I kept on looking to the left Rabs to like see what the replay was, and I kept missing replays, but I just kept going left and there was yeah. no scoreboard. You there. had to go right. Yeah. I can't I couldn't, but yeah, it was we <laughs> so had great seats. It was a good time. I had a good time, but um I obviously didn't have a good time watching a football game. I mean, Purdue absolutely just house state, no question. they were better. I, me. my, I mean, <sighs> I mean, first of all, I like it is what it is, but hey. I, I love going to different big time campuses. And then yeah, we got, for we, sure, we went to lo- downtown Lafayette. It was pretty cool on Saturday night. I had a great time, but like, I do, I, after that weekend, I do have a little smidge of hatred towards Purdue. I will Really? Say.
0: Were they, so how'd they handle the, I mean, I know they, they rushed the field. I'm pretty
1: Well, sure I mean, I, I don't get, care. If you win, kick yeah, that's head. fine.
0: No, I'm saying as far as like, were they, were they the kind of people like you're leaving? I left
1: because really? I'm not watching us. This. this game's over. So I left. Me and my buddies went to like Raising Cane because I've never been there. So I tried to like walk there and beat the rush. So left there, but like they gave it to us. Hey, you got to give it to them. Like yep. We, the whole day, all of our buddies kept on going to every Purdue tailgate or everywhere we go and just said, we got to keep chopping. We're gonna keep shopping. Yeah. So all their buddies threw a bat at our face, but hey, I mean, they beat us. They deserve to do that. But I, I, I weirdly will have a hatred for Purdue just for the fact. I, I, I don't. There was a lot of random low blows about like Michigan State basketball that I was just like very thrown off guard about. I didn't care because I'm like, okay, cool, Purdue. I mean, sit, no Final Fours, and actually winning <laughs> something mean of meaningful. Like they'd be yeah. like, oh, how many guys are arrested at Saint? I'm like, I don't know, dude. I like, you know yeah, what? not sure. You know more than this than I do, so yeah. I don't know. I, I I mean, it was a good time though. I liked West Lafayette, I really did. It's not like it's a there's not it's not like a bar, College Town Raps, but like really nice. Yeah, like, it's kind of it's like East Lansing where they have like newer high rises that have just been built. So it was nice. I, I was impressed by Purdue's campus. at a great time.
0: Well, good. I'm glad
1: I, you did that. To be fair, though, I was saying that I'm like, oh, I kind of hate Purdue now. I've kind of always hated Purdue, so it is what it is.
0: Yeah, I, that was a game where if I would have dressed at quarterback for Purdue, I, I would have had a career day as well. So, well, yeah,
1: I, I mean, <laughs> I was playing cornerback for Michigan State.
0: Yeah. All right, fellas. Well, let's uh, let's do the Detroit sports. That's what we're here for here on the Motown Rundown. Uh, let's start off with the Pistons uh, on the road last night against Houston. Two real juggernaut teams going at it in prime time. Uh, Cade Cunningham versus Jayla Green, uh, which I guess, you know, for you basketball heads out there was was a big deal. But the Pistons come out with a win. Get, uh, get, get two wins on awesome. the year.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess. I mean, if you like basketball, I guess it was cool. The reason well, it's I on ESPN.
0: Know. It's literally the what? reason that it's on ESPN. Yes. Yes. So that's where I was just like on Twitter and and I, I don't make myself out to be this like absolute like airhead when it comes to basketball. I watch basketball. I grew up playing basketball. I'm a basketball fan. But there's just certain things within the intricacies of the league and the fan and, and the fandom that I just don't. I'm not all that tapped into. But as you said, Trent, and I was seeing people on Twitter being like, Why are there two one-win teams playing on ESPN? And it was just solely because you have the number one and number two overall picks playing each other last night. Um, And, of course, you know, I I didn't watch any of the game, but I just, you know, Jalen Green's running his mouth, this and that, whatever. But either way, the Pistons get their second one of the year, come out on top in Houston. Um, I know there's been other games that have happened since we last spoke. So, guys, take it away.
2: So, uh, Collins, I know you probably have more I just want to speak to the Cade-Jalen thing before we actually get into the game because that was just so – like everything that happened last night was destiny, as stupid as that sounds. We wanted Cade from the start. None of us wanted Jalen Green. Nobody in Detroit wanted Jalen Green. Jalen Green gets quote-unquote passed up on. The the Detroit Pistons pick the consensus number one guy in Cade. Cade misses camp, has a slow start to the season, but when he plays 30-plus minutes, he's averaging, like, 19 a game. He's He was absolutely the right pick, and for him to roll into Houston last night and be clutch on both ends and not get teed up for dunking and then screaming in Jalen Green's face as Jalen Green did to Cade, I just I loved every second of it. I watched every minute. I watched the first half of George and Greg and the second half of ESPN. It was great. Also, guys, George Blaha was a little, it was a little dude's getting old. God love him. But I mean, he just can't tell he, certain guys. He can't tell
0: certain, oh, guys, no. he can't hey, tell certain guys apart. No, anymore.
2: shut up, shut up, no. shut up, shut up. He kept he messing wants. up, you know, Kevin Porter Jr., he's got the big hair. He kept calling yeah, Kevin, I don't care Jalen Green. And I was like, that's not Jalen George, but it was awesome. Um, so, anyways, last thing before Collins goes, the box score. If you just read that, you just look at that, Jalen Green had 23 points, five rebounds, and two assists, whereas Cade had, let me see, 20 points, three assists, four rebounds. So Cade played as good and was way better on defense, and he won and he hit shots down the stretch where Jalen Green airballed his last two shots. So that's all. Go ahead, Collins.
1: Um, What's it called? One of the worst basketball games I've truly watched in a really long time. Just god-awful play. The first quarter of that game was just – like, I was just laughing, thinking of all national media and just national guys having to watch that first quarter. Just like, oh, my God. Because, I mean, Kate got two fouls. Me and my buddies were touching. I was like, wait, Kate got two fouls? I didn't even realize he had two fouls. But he, he only played, like, the first four minutes, and then they benched him. But just uh, absolutely atrocious basketball the most of the game. And all eyes were just glued on to see what Cade and what Jalen and what some of the other young guys from the Pistons would do. And, I mean – I think you can just see it with both the guys who they're going to be like, I think Jalen dreams to be very, very good. Like he, he he's going to be a guy who can he's gonna be able to got, he's a guy who could score 25 points per game, I think in his future, but you kind of like, you knew that when he came out and now with Cade, the whole thing is like Cade raises your whole team ceiling. And if you watch that game last night, you're like, Oh, I see that. Like he gets his own and stuff, but like, once, he, once this team develops a little bit around him, he's going to be a star. He really is. Like, he, he has such a good feel for the game. Um, He's not the most athletic and stuff, but, like, he still gets by people. Like, he when he would push in transition, he got to the rim basically whenever he wanted. And, and if the Pistons had anyone else on their team that could actually, like, just Sadiq Bey right now can't, like, hit. Hit the water with a balloon right now, like he is just broken from wait, the Wait, 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 right. wait, what? What's no, I, 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 mean, on. I, I forgot what it's, it's throw
0: a rock right. into the ocean. That's what it is. So no, I no, no, no. He Collins was trying to say he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat, yes. But we, I lost it.
1: Oh, uh, wait, wait, I wait, wait, hey, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Stop, balloon, stop, <laughs> stop being mean. Stop. I'm not Let being me mean. I, uh, all right, You're being mean, stop. Um. God, now I lost my train of thought. Thanks, Rav. But um, You're talking about. You, listen, you were talking I'm about kidding, how- I, No, 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 no. I, I just – I think you saw what both players are going to be. I think they're both going to be really good NBA players. You, you can't really be like, oh, that like unless they're like – I think – what is this? Cade's fifth game, Trent? Yep,
2: yep. That was game five.
1: He struggled shooting in the beginning. I think he's going to be a knockdown shooter. You can just see it. You really can't. Like I, I really think he's going to be a knockdown shooter. And, I mean, Isaiah Stewart was in foul trouble all night and had a tough whistle last night. But, like, you can kind of see it when he gets – like, they just – I don't – under first of all, I don't understand what Casey does when he plays Cade off the ball or they just don't go high pick and roll every single time with Cade because I just want the ball in his hands and him to make the decisions. Like, if I'm doing Casey, I'm just doing it as much as I can. But, like, regardless, without the ball – Kate's hand, he can play without it. Like you just saw it yesterday. So, I, I mean, I, one game is not going to like sway you on either player, but I just thought it was a good example of what you were getting with each player. Like if you're the Pistons, you look at Jalen Green, you're like, this guy's explosive. He can get to any spot he wants. And I think eventually this will be a 25 per, day, per game score. Does that help you necessarily in winning all the time? No. You need players like Kate Cunningham. Who, if they wanted to, probably could get 25, but would rather settle for like 18-8-8 eight and eight and play good defense. So, I think you saw why you drafted Kate Cunningham. And if you're a Pistons fan, I would be happy because the last three minutes of the game is why you drafted Kate Cunningham. He's a winning-time player. He takes a charge there on Jalen Green after he kind of gets beat past him. Gets up I mean, and says game,
2: nothing. Gets up and says Yeah, I mean, the, the,
1: the game flipped right after – I mean, Green blows by Cunningham, dunks on him, basically tells him to go F himself. It's a T. And then after that, Cunningham just dominated Green. He hits yeah. a big three, makes a nice pass, has a nice finish inside. But uh, I, I – this Pistons team, I mean, offensively is a train wreck. And I hate some of the rotations right now. I really hope Dwayne Casey figures it out. I'm not like down the t- train where I think he'll be gone by a certain amount of time, but like I can't deal with these like Frank Jackson and Corey Joseph minutes over Saban Lee. It's like I don't know what Saban Lee did to Dwayne Casey, but I I, I watched last year. You need athleticism in your second unit. They have zero in it when they don't have Saban Lee out there. So I mean. I'm happy. If you're a Pistons fan, you're like, that's why we drafted Cade. Like, you, you, like it's not a finished product or anything, but you're like, I see it. Like, I could see it yesterday where the future could be.
2: Yep, he was absolutely spectacular. I love the way Stewart played. I, Stewart's getting, like, reputation calls now, and I love it because that's just his well, thing. He's I just, mean, he's I just don't love it when he gets down. in foul
1: trouble. Those are oh. some of those calls were brutal. Honestly. Like
2: at, yeah, like two of them were legitimately terrible calls. And then they they yeah. you would have fouled out earlier. And then they they challenged the one because Dwayne was just like, dude, that's not a foul. And they 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 won the challenge. But whatever, I don't really have a whole lot after that. My main thing was just the Jalen Cade situation and Collins. You nailed it from a basketball perspective. Also, Sadiq Bay. I'm not super worried, just because I think he'll figure it out. Like he he had. I think 16 points yesterday and 13 of them were in the second half. So he's another like winning player, and he'll be fine. And lastly, Jeremy Grant, if he keeps asserting himself on offense like that, he, he can play like that every night. I know he's not going to have 35 every night, but, like, you kind of see – remember the whole tidal wave last year of Pistons fans pulling for him to make the all-star team? Like, that's why. Last night, he just creates
1: for himself and then up yeah, 35 points. He- he can look so good and so bad. It is like such an up and down thing with him.
2: Well, I don't think he ever looks bad, to be honest. I just think no, once dude. you once you see the good, you you hold him to that standard, and then he doesn't. Dude, look like
1: I there's can. no, I know he doesn't look like bad, but there's sometimes you're like, wow, this guy's really nice, and then there's my buddy Dom actually texts me this. He's like, there's sometimes Jeremy Grant, you're like, wow, this guy's nice, nice, and then there's other times you're like, please don't shoot that. Who do you think you are?
2: Yeah, well, that's that's fair. But all I, I guess all I'm saying is that third quarter last night was
1: – He I took mean, over. He had a nice I game. I mean,
2: that was, like, seriously one of the most random hot ballers I've ever like, – like, just streaks of just he can't miss. It was so weird. It came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, Jeremy Grant's knocking down, like, six shots in a row. He's like, what is going on?
1: I Okay, they kind of – okay, I want to, like, shift it because I think that game was, like – it was interesting. I think a lot of people in Detroit actually watched it, which is – I think a rarity for a bad Pistons team. Last thing I want to touch on, and you kind of talked about Jeremy Grant. I want I want this in discussions all year because this Pistons team stinks right now, like, other than Cade. I think they're watchable. They're very watchable, especially with Cade and all these young guys. I just don't think – they're not built to win games, and they're not going to win a ton. I really think they should trade Jeremy Grant. I really, really think they should trade Jeremy Grant. I'd be fine with it. I, I – like – I don't understand like I don't see the value in keeping him. I mean, that ass like he's a, he's a valuable player too. Like and I, I I like Jeremy Grant, but I think a lot of us kind of got a little overzealous and assumed the window maybe would be in his last year that they're competing for a playoffs. And maybe they are in that year. Maybe they made some nice free agent moves. Maybe K takes another step. Maybe Killian figures it out. Maybe Sadie takes that. All, maybe that all happens, but. Right now, I would trade Jeremy Grant before the trade, trade deadline because I just don't – like, he's a good player, and I think you could get a nice young piece or a nice little asset moving on from him rather than letting him just walk for nothing and you basically didn't win anything with him. So, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I don't think his market value has gone down at all to last year. Yeah, like, I don't to, think to it's your point. late.
1: I, I mean, you no, probably no, have like a mid-rounder.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think – like. I, last year, everyone was like, why did not you trade him? That's as high as his value is going to get. I think his value is still just as high because anyone with a basketball mind, which these general managers hopefully do like he he's good. He he's a, a, he's just a good player pretty consistently, like nine nights out of 10. He's probably 15 plus points. So there's absolutely a team out there that could use that. So Collins, that's a good point. That's something to watch. I don't, I don't oh, think it'll I, happen, but I, I'd be fine with it if it did.
1: I think Olenek, too, could be another guy in the move, too. Olenek's good. He's a good piece. I like Olenek. He's been playing well. He's been playing
2: well. But that, that's know, I it. I just think
1: this Pistons team's going to stink, so you might as well get some assets. Right. And I know you want to, like, it's like the same old thing when we talk about the Tigers. Like, at some point, you need to start trying to win. I just don't know if that's right now for the Pistons. So,
2: Fair. Pistons got the Cavaliers tomorrow on my birthday. hope they crush them. I hope they wax the Cavaliers.
1: Well, they got another matchup with Mobley. Who's been like the darling of the NBA season so far?
2: Yeah, Stewart. I hope Stewart shuts him down. Whatever, we'll we'll move on.
0: It's your birthday tomorrow?
2: It is. I'm going to the Griffins game, Rabs.
0: How old are you going to be? 22. 22.
2: And if anyone plays, if if anyone (laughs) plays that stupid ass Taylor Swift song, I'm gonna probably throw their phone out the window. I will.
1: I'm gonna send you that tomorrow, dude. I love That song is so fire. I love it me so, feels yeah, like but, a perfect. Like, night. That's just not it's like, like, like hipsters made front of our apps. Right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> what a jam, dude. That's a jam. All yeah, right. okay. I I love me some Taylor. that on my second birthday. Maybe I'd feel 22. <laughs>
2: okay, Collins. I will I will make you proud tomorrow then.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, happy early birthday, Trent. Thanks. Congratulations! Another year around the sun. Well de- Yeah. By the way, well that was that was a little that was a little cringy. Cringy. I didn't
2: <clears throat> I didn't bring that up so that you guys would tell me happy. But I brought that up because I just like that.
1: All I want okay, for my birthday. Sure, we get it. It's your birthday. Whatever. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, what well
0: deserved. Well deserved birthday. Congratulations. Um. All right. Is it time for wings?
1: Red wings. Red yeah, wings. Do it. Let's Does do anyone? That? Let's do that. Does honey. anyone?
0: Does anyone know what the last game was that we talked about? Was it the Bruins game, or are we done, did we not talk about well, the Bruins game?
1: We, I think we were just talking about – I think they got housed by Montreal was the last game.
0: Yeah, okay, so I guess I guess we'll go back there. That's going back to I mean, last Tuesday. I think we talked about it, though, didn't we, briefly? Like I, mean, I
1: point blank, since they've got Larkin back, they're, when Larkin and Bertuzzi in the lineup, this is a good hockey team.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I think we did touch on that Montreal game, so I won't talk about it too too much. Montreal has three wins this year. Two of them are against the Red Wings, and the Red Wings are a 7-5-2 hockey team. So as we'll get into here in a moment, they are absolutely no slouch of a, of a team But for whatever reason, they've been the Red Wings kryptonite this year, and they will see the Canadians at home on uh, Saturday, the 13th. And I believe the Edmonton game was the first game that Canadian citizens were allowed like over the border to come into the building or something. Um, And as far as the Edmonton Oilers fans are concerned, I was texting my buddies in our wing nuts group chat that I was, I was at the arena working for that game. And if let's say there were, If there were 200 people wearing Oilers jerseys in the building, 195 of them were Connor McDavid jerseys, and I made the same comment about like when the Nets come to town and play the Pistons, and you see all of these people that wear the Kevin Durant jerseys, it's like if I were to ask all 200 of these people wearing Oilers jerseys to name two other players on the Edmonton Oilers besides Connor McDavid, no no one could tell. It doesn't bother. It doesn't bother me. I'm just saying for the. It doesn't bother me. I think. I mean. The people that I, that are like that, I think, are fools. But, but my point, my whole point being, was that that's just like the Canadian fan base can now come back into the arena. And the Montreal fan base, I, I believe, probably travels a lot better to Detroit than the Edmonton one does. Beside the point, I don't know why the Red Wings haven't been able to beat Edmonton this year. I'm sorry, Montreal, but they'll see him again on Saturday. So going past that, we go to Thursday's game against Boston. You're playing in Boston. You lose 5-1. I would say your worst loss of the season, and just just not only from the score, but just the way that you looked on the ice. Their shots, I want to say after two periods, I think the Red Wings had like nine shots on goal. I, I need to go back and fact-check those numbers, but you it, it, I, they they ended up putting 15 shots on Jeremy Swayman, who's been been pretty decent in his young NHL career thus far. Um, but either way, just a really, really bad game. And just, just to like, you know, hear people talk about the Red Wings after that game and just being like, uh, everyone comes back out of the woodwork with like that they, like they didn't even compete tonight. They look terrible. I, I don't know what to tell those people that like, haven't been watching the games for the entirety of the year, the Red Wings in years past to, to, you know, to those people's credit. They have played many, many games and many games in a row where they look horrifying, like not even able to compete, not getting shots on net. That was what that Bruins game was to me. But it's all about the response and it's all about how you pull yourself together and play the next game and trying to eliminate those games. I mean, you drop three in a row between the Leaves Canadians and then and then. The Boston. So you go on the road to to Buffalo the next day, or I'm sorry, on Saturday rather, a game that you were um, behind in, and you end up taking it to overtime, and Most Cider scores his first career NHL goal with the overtime winner. So when you talk about response by following up a three game losing streak with a three game winning streak that you're currently riding, that to me says a lot about your team. So. I won't talk a ton about the Bruins game because, again, 15 shots on goal. There was really – you were really on your heels the entire game. Patrice Bergeron puts in four goals that game. And to your point, Collins, you have no Dylan Larkin in that game, and it just goes to show when that that first line of Larkin, Bertuzzi, and Raymond doesn't have all three pillars of that line – They are a completely different hockey team. I don't care if they're missing just Dylan Larkin or just Tyler Bertuzzi or worst case scenario, both of them. They are a completely different hockey team. And that's one of those things that we can we come back to. And, you know, people have question marks about Dylan Larkin and, you know, how good is he really? Well, you see it when he's not in the lineup. There's there's an element to his defensive game. Um, that the team sorely misses on that first line, especially when you're playing one of the first, the best first lines in hockey and Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and uh, David Pasternak. So that speaks for itself. And then you know, offensively too, he's it's whatever we want to think about Dylan Larkin. He's a great playmaker. He's a he's a pillar of one of your power play unit. And and you know, when you're missing him, it's it's a completely different team. So now you're rolling to Buffalo um great win in overtime for a team that buffalo has been a dumpster fire for the last couple years they just moved jack eichel um not that he was playing as it is um but buffalo has found some success in a really weird way somehow this year so um i think overachieving a bit to, to start the year but Nonetheless, you force that game to overtime. Mo Sider gets his first NHL goal, which is great. And then you follow it up coming right back. After you play Tuesday, you play Thursday, you go Saturday. Now you're back at home on Sunday against the Vegas Golden Knights, who I will say, number one, you didn't have to face Robin Leonard, which, which helped you a lot. And number two, the, the Golden Knights are pretty severely banged up. So you weren't playing them at full strength, but either way, it's a very, very well-coached team it's a very good team especially on the back end there and you win that game five to two and you know to me I I, from what I take from that is again your your response coming off of just playing the night before in overtime and I believe was this the first game that you get Dylan Larkin back I believe that's just the first game that he returned to the team unless he played in that Buffalo game and I just can't remember but Um, so you're, you're back at full strength for the most part, a six and six Vegas team comes to your building. And, um, that's a, that's a great win as well to have on a Sunday evening. And now let's go into the Edmonton Oilers game, which I had the pleasure of being at on Tuesday. Um, I was very excited for this game. Edmonton has been one of the best teams in the league all year long. They come into your building nine and one, they have the most talented, most skilled Hockey player that has ever played the sport, and Connor McDavid comes in town. Leon Draisaitl, everything that the Edmonton Oilers are. Um, Kenny Holland comes back to the building. And yeah, you got to tip tibier-
1: Kenny Holland? Like we know him. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> so, oh, Kenny Because cool he's he's been
0: around for so long. Yeah, but does the he trade. want
1: to go by Kenny Holland? I bet he's like guys. No, uh, it's Sixty-five whatever.
0: years old. Call me okay, Mister Mister Ken Holland. Mister Ken Holland. Oh, no, I, I don't know. It's not you. I'm just saying. So that that always that always adds a layer. He got a nice uh nice round of applause when they recognized him for. I think he's in the. I would have been like nice shot
1: of the and contract Ken. Well, that's
0: the thing, Collins. It's like, I mean, that's a whole different conversation to have. But Ken Holland is responsible for many of the Stanley Cups
1: that ever. So
0: but um, but either way, so I was I was having conversations before this game, um, you know, with friends and you know, my dad and whatnot, and just like, hey, this is this is a game that could probably get out of hand, and you take it with a grain of salt um because whenever you're playing this team and these guys average like four goals a game Edmonton like they can just score at will. their power play is is completely unfair with how good they've been like that I think they're probably close to like 50 percent on the power play or something like that or at least they were before that game um so that team speaks for itself as far as how good they are and the wings like <laughs> just out of nowhere, Vladislav Nemesnikov scores two goals in that game. One awesome goal read, just, just the whole setup of the play of I believe it was Mitchell Stevens on the half wall in the defensive zone, challenged the guy and, and knocked the puck loose and someone else came in to pick it up quick breakout pass down the, down the right side and Nemesnikov walked Tyson Berry and just tucked one beautifully. It was sick, scored another one in that game too, but, the, the story to me was just I thought for the first two periods of this game, the Red Wings were in complete control. And you could tell that based on the way they were setting up their forecheck, it was a lot more passive. And they, they kind of play that style, too, um, for the most part. And it was just I, I really appreciated the game plan as far as like, look you know, they'll, they'll come out of their zone with speed. That's fine, but we're going to clog up the middle and and do whatever we can to get Connor McDavid to slow his feet down, coming through the neutral zone and allow ourselves to be one collective unit coming back together in our defensive zone, just keep everything to the outside. And, uh, and that's how we'll play. So I thought they were tremendously successful on their four check. Um, I thought that, uh, they really controlled the game from a shots perspective. And again, I, I, I should have the stats pulled up here. I do not. Um, they ended up with 38 shots uh, in the game on uh, Stuart Skinner to uh, Edmonton got closer with 33, but for the large part of that game, at least with the first two periods, I, the wings were like doubling them up in shots and just just the way they controlled the pace of the game they knew exactly what they wanted to do and they weren't you know they they executed and they played their they played their game and you know you get a couple you get a couple uh nice goals from Demastakov who's you know one of those guys who if you're you're looking to to contribute a bit more this year and in on that second and third line wherever he may play so um, good for him. But, you know, Connor McDavid scores a goal there late in the second period, I believe, or I, he might have had the first goal of the third period. Um, but for the most part, you were in control the whole game. And I'm sitting there watching this and, and th- there was a goal that was scored uh, late, very, very late in the second period that, that I believe sent you to the room th- up three one versus three nothing. And I was pretty irritated by that. I think it started off of a Danny Kaiser turnover. Um, at his own blue line, or, or I'm sorry, in the offensive zone, and it was just the break that came back the other way, and it was a it's a great goal by Jesse Pulleyarvey. That's what it was. Um, and then you go into the break up three one, you come right back, and almost immediately Connor McDavid scores to make it three two, um, and you you end up able to pull away from that and, and get the win four to two, which I think you know in Jeff Blashill's comments. After the game, that was his big talking point was like when you let up a goal that late in the second and then that early in the in the third, like he could put you on your heels a little bit. But he thought the team responded well. And I would, you know, I would happen to agree. That's a tremendously loaded team that you were able to keep. You kept Leon Dreisaitl off the score sheet. He kept Zach Hyman off the score sheet. Um, and obviously Connor McDavid gets his one goal but you know for the most part against really one of the best teams in the league and not just one of the best teams in the league but but namely one of the best offensive teams in the league as of now with what they're scoring at a clip of around 4 goals a game and you know everyone has question marks about this defensive grouping and and you know even just the way the the, the forwards play defensively but i mean to come onto this game you know, only allowing two goals and, 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 to get the win. And especially when you were kind of on your heels going into the third just tremendously positive. I mean, I, th- it's one of those, like, I don't want to call it a signature win because it's so early in the season, but it, it's one of those wins that, you know, if you know anything about hockey and you know, you follow the game on a year to year basis. I mean, everyone knows how good Connor McDavid is in Leon Drysidle, and everyone knows that story, but if you've seen how the Oilers have been beating teams up this year and just to, like, even if you didn't watch the game to hear like, what the wings, like the wings handed this team, their second loss of the season. Yeah, they did. So that keeps people coming back to come in the building tonight against Washington. Um, it's veterans day. Obviously it'll be a, a you know, a special night for everyone involved at the arena tonight. Um, but Washington you a game. Cause you, you kind of stole one, stole one on them in uh, in overtime at their barn. And um, you know, they're obviously no slouch of a team whatsoever. I don't know if Ovi is healthy and will be playing in this game, which helps you out a bit. Um, but either way, always a very competitive team. They're hovering around 500 right now too. So um, they had a hot start to the year and kind of, you know, fell off a bit with a couple injuries here and there, but, they're ready to play. And, you know, I guess the beauty of, of your schedule now here, and as I said last week, it doesn't get a ton easier, but I mean, you'll have Washington and and you owe Montreal a game and hopefully you can give them one back on Saturday. Um, And then after that, you know, you actually have a a couple favorable games here that you might be able to pull out and, and and feel good about yourself and keep stringing wins together. But right now you're on a three game win streak. and, And just to finish here before you guys jump in, um, you look at look at the the players on this team and you look at the, the statistics and, you know, I'm looking right here at your top three point getters for this team. Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider are two and three. And to have two rookies on your team and it's not this isn't a situation of like you have two rookies on your team that are, you know, putting up points on a team that's still not good. Like this team is like they're a real team this year and they're scoring goals and they're beating teams by putting the puck in the back of the net. And the fact that you have Lucas Raymond, who has 14 points in 14 games and Mo cider has 11 and 14 games. And then we go to number one, Tyler Bertuzzi, who has 15 points in 11 games games this guy's not even playing every night for you and he's got 15 points leaves the team with nine goals just outstanding and you talk about eiser plan to you know tyler bertuzzi to bring him back and his season was cut short last year but to do whatever you can to bring him back this is a guy that should be on your team for many many years to come whether if his role changes to where he's not playing first line minutes which Everything right now, like that's the thing about Tyler Bertuzzi is you look at him play. He, he's not a very like efficient skater. He skates everything he does is like sloppy and like gritty and gross and ugly, but he makes things happen. So there's no reason for you for me to really even consider like, if he's not playing first like he's earned every bit of ice time that he gets on this team. So so good for Tyler Bertuzzi, and then you look at the net too. I mean, Thomas Grice and Alex Ndelkovic have just been outstanding. Alex Nedeljkovic now in, in eight games, he's got a sub a sub three goals against average, nine fourteen save percentage. Thomas Grice, nine oh six save percentage. When you're able to give these guys some some support in in the puck scoring column, they are more than capable of keeping you within any game. And I have just been very, very impressed and satisfied with how these two guys have played this year, and I'm just over the moon with Red Wings hockey. Like they are.
1: Well, what's it called? Go ahead. ahead. Sorry, I've been just been rambling.
0: Go ahead. No, I I know.
1: You, You should. You should be excited. I mean, they've stunk the last like two years, and you've been factually right. Like this team has been most fun team to watch in Detroit, and they're the best team in Detroit right now. But like. When you talk about eyes are playing and stuff like that. I mean, I've been watching. I've watched, I want to say, how many games have the wins played? I want to say I've watched seven, seven, five baseball. and two. Yeah. So I've probably watched eight or nine games. And I, I mean, I'm not like the apt I'm some hockey expert, but. Um, what does this start like actually mean? Is it like, oh, this is just like, well, is it like last year's Tigers where you saw it? You're like, they're just not right there yet. Or is it? oh, this team should actually make the playoffs. Do you think this team to make the playoffs?
0: Well, I I believe when we had conversations last year, um, I think the comment I made was 2023, they'll be back in the playoffs. And I think that they are – everything you've seen so far shows you that they are definitely on pace to to be there um, come next year. I, the, the thing for me this year is – I I just think the division they play in is so tough, and you really haven't seen the best of teams like even though the Maple Leafs. I mean, you're sitting in third place right now in the Atlantic Division. So, I mean, to even be there is is great. I think that you are factually playing better hockey than Montreal. You're playing better hockey than Ottawa. You're playing better hockey than Buffalo. Every other team right now, while they might not have things figured out, like through twelve games, the Tampa Bay six three and so three, they, they probably like the to be better.
1: Northern, do you know where they're in the standings? Let me look. I'll look it up right now.
0: Well, they're they're in third place in their division. The the, the top oh, three teams in so, yeah. each division go to the playoffs. So today, well, the I, if the season were to end today, they'd be in the playoffs. So to answer your question, Collins, I. I think that you need to see a bit more of a sample size of how they play within their own division. You've only seen the lightning once. You've only seen the Bruins once you've only seen the Leafs once. I believe you have only seen the Panthers. So once they are able to get more games in their in hand against the higher teams in their division, you'll get more of a feel for how this team stacks up against everyone else, because a lot of it is just, you know, I, I, there's, they're so good some of these teams that it's, you have to just kind of play above your, weight class and punch above your weight class to get yourselves into the playoffs. As far as the wild card, how something like that shapes up. I mean, it's, it's too soon to tell, but I, I think to answer your question as far as what yeah, this, have a take, come on, Rob. Well, to, to answer your question, my, no, my take is my take is that I don't, I don't anticipate them being a playoff team. My take is I don't anticipate them making the playoffs this year. I think they will be close. I have said for the last two years, two, three years that come 2023, like the 22, 23 season, I believe they will be in the playoffs. Um, and I so far so good on on that front. Um, but as far as what this start means, which is what you asked me initially, it's it, to me, a lot of it is just about building confidence and showing your fan base and the, the upper management and your head coach of, of what your team is capable of doing. Like this is no longer a, bottom feeding, tough to watch, no talent, you know, just gets dominated team. Like they they have enough skill and depth on this team to compete every single night. Does that mean that they're not going to get blown out ever? No, that's not the case because there are still teams that are much better than you. Um, but what it at least means to me is that, this team has enough confidence in themselves and, and what they've put together. And the coaching staff, I think has enough of a feel of, of this team to where, you know, they, they go into these games now and like, yeah, why like we can go, like, we're going to go win. Like, let's just go beat teams. I mean, again, you look at some of your wins this year at Washington in overtime, you beat, you just beat Edmonton. You, you, you know, take Florida to overtime. Like you're giving them fits and they're one of the best team in the league. So, I, I just can't say enough good things about this team. It's been it's been such a joy to watch. I cannot understate what a tremendous job Alex Tangay has done since coming over here and and really bolstering up this offensive scheme because they are, you know, they're scoring goals and they're a fun team to watch. And if you haven't been to LCA yet to watch the Red Wings, I just highly suggest putting it on your list to do because um, it's 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 been good. It's been a good product, it's been fun to watch. And like I said, they have the the capitals tonight. I believe Mantha might be hurt, Baxter might be hurt. I, I don't know if Ovi's hurt, so um we'll see. But awesome stuff. That's all I have for Wings. Great stuff as
2: always. Uh, I, I have to say the Wings portion of the show is probably pound for pound by far the best. I just, just because Rab's right. like actually. I'm like I'm sitting here listening to this, and I'm like, right, I'm saying, let me
1: tell you why they should be playing an umbrella instead.
2: Of- <laughs> yeah, no, Dude, the power not like, getting better. We should actually maybe like look like at the, the, the power
1: play schedule. Great. We gotta end the actually <laughs> having a power play that's interesting. It, it it's like bizarre, honestly. Dude, Luke, like
0: it's all look, man. Lucas I mean,
1: is Raymond. It's all Raymond. You know what, I, I. We, we, the problem is we get sort to talk about wins to say, okay, there goes another 35 minutes of the show.
0: Yeah. Well, we're moving on now. Wings are wings are kaput. Uh, tigers are making some news. We talked about Tucker Barn in that move. Um, I don't think we have to spend a ton of time on, on things today. I think the perfect person to lead us for this is Ryan Collins because Ryan Collins' brain is fixed on Tigers at all times. So what are you thinking, Collins? How do we approach just, this today? What's what are your called? thoughts?
1: So – Right, baseball free agency is so lame. I just want that out there. Like no other free agency starts, and then no one just signs. Like no one is signed yet, basically. And I know it's because the CBA screwed up. And for baseball fans, let's pray to God that they start on time next year. But I mean, it like the CBA is a mess, and it it, it could get messy. Like it it, it like I I did, don't I hope there's not a stoppage, but like please. Just figure it out, owners and players. Like I want to watch baseball because I think the Tigers are going to be decent. But um, I you hear, like, the whispers with, like, okay, Tigers like John Gray, Tigers like Eduardo Rodriguez, Tigers like – Tigers are at JV's workout. Tigers are one of like, five people to be in on Torreya. It seems like if the media is right, the Tigers want to spend money. So – I'm very interested where they go if they don't hit their plan A and plan B. Because I think their plan A, out of everything, is to sign Correa. I think yeah, I, would, I would agree. I think that as an organization, they have completely dialed in. Like, hey, we are gonna throw the bat at Correa, and if he doesn't want to come here, he can't. He doesn't have to come. You know what I mean? Like, I think they're right. committed to doing that. Um, I think their plan B. I, I think they're gonna sign a veteran pitcher, either if it's or... I hope it's Verlander just because I'm a nostalgia fool and I he's my favorite Detroit Tiger ever. So um if it's Gray, Verlander, or Rodriguez, I think they're gonna invest some money in that starting pitching staff. But I'm just interested if they like if they don't get Correa, what do they do after? You know what I mean? Because I think you see sometimes people just like playing out their free agency, and I I think this happens in the NBA a lot where it's like, oh, we've been saving this money for two to three years just waiting for this year and then it doesn't go up according to plan and then you just give random contracts out to all Dane. you know what i mean like <laughs> I, I i'm just interested like is there any other names other than those like main guys like if they don't sign verlander like it's not the end of the world if verlander goes to the yankees by the way i will try i'll try like actual tears like be I terrible. I don't think thing. he's going to go to the yankees I don't know I, if he's not going to Detroit to stay in Houston. I can rationalize that in my dumb brain. You know what I mean? He's you say, know, like, oh, I'll just stay. I yeah. like Houston.
0: Collins, honestly, man, like I think the beauty of this free agency class is like the the top names of this class are middle infielders, and that's where you need your help. Like Marcus Simeon's out there, Trey Turner's out there, Corey Seager's out there. I don't know as the, far the, as all know, their
1: I'm helps. Concerned. There's. I mean, this is a great free agency class or baseball. Oh, it's just- Freddie Freeman, match like, it's awesome. And, like, it's Chris awesome. Porto, Chris Bryant's out there. Dude, there's a lot of – dude, There. do you get the talk? There's a lot of like, hey, Tigers need to sign another outfielder. I don't really get that personally. No, it needs
0: to stop because we have your boy, Robbie Grossman, who has to play every day, so that- we don't have room for him. There's no room for another outfielder. Why do you
1: hate Robbie Grossman? I don't if hate you him. I don't. The Tigers last God. year.
0: Yeah, I know. I know he was a big piece of the. I get it. I we don't need to have this conversation. I, just, we're not having, yet having this conversation
1: yet. I just don't. Your Robbie Grossman take this is so wrong. It pisses me off. But um, I, I regardless of that, Raps, I don't know why they would sign another outfielder. I mean, whatever. I mean, if they want to sign Conforto, I'm not going to be mad at it. I I mean, hey, it's what it is. I just feel like I feel like you're committed to Bedu. Brosman and Hill and Green for next year, at least. When you Reyes. say it? like, I think there's that's your five. Reyes, that's your five. Yeah, fine. I, I I don't even need, but like, know what I mean? I don't know signing Trinfordo. I feel like that's unnecessary. But if they want to do it, hey, I don't care who they. Th- that my point is reps. I'm at the point of like, I care who they sign and stuff like that. I don't want to give them just like. But the Tigers haven't been in the mix like this in so long. Free agency. And, I mean, in our childhood, it was basically every year Tigers were spending money. They'd miss their eye right. and say, hey, here's the check, but let's go win a World Series. So it's right. fun. I'm just – it's going to be very interesting how it plays out if they're not able to get Trey or Verlander, where they go from there. Because I think a lot of the excitement surrounding this Tigers team is that they get one of those guys. And if they don't get one of those guys, I want to see how they respond.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, your priority definitely has to be the shortstop position and all the. Well, names I think I just they're right dialed up. Right
1: right yeah, dialed be, in
0: I would be, but I would really be happy with like I'd be fine with Corey Seager. I'd be fine with Marcus yeah, Simeon. I know he plays sure. second base more so, but um, my point being is that you know the as far as the outfield is concerned, I don't, I don't necessarily think that that's an area where they need to spend money because i I don't think you have a lot of like defensive issues in the outfield and in the 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 tricky thing is like you have question marks question marks being what kind of victor reyes are you going to get this year you know when is riley is riley green gonna be? because in my mind riley green when he's like ready because it's not my job to determine when he's ready so whenever he's determined um... ready He'll be up and he's he's going to play. play. He should play every day. And I think he'll be absolutely fine. And like, you know, Derek Hill, in my opinion, is a guy who earned the right to play every day in center field. He's that good defensively. And at the plate, he was, you know, above average from what I thought that you were going to get out of him. So I don't think there's need to spend money there. I will say again, you know, middle infield is a, is a key position. And then as far as pitching goes, like, you know, I don't, I don't know. What, when Spencer Turnbull is going to be ready. I, I just think that that's a position where, you know, you can never have enough pitching. We know that I don't I always give you my usual list of suspects of these guys that we're waiting to see in the major league in major league baseball this year. Um, so they'll just have to take inventory of that and you know, the, see, here's the thing, Collins is the names that you read off as far as starting pitching, like a Verlander or a Scherzer and Eduardo Rodriguez, those guys aren't like Jose Urania. So oh, I'm dry. fine with they're that. Right. I'm fine with like, that's where I'm like, if you want to plug a guy in there to sure up your starting rotation. That's totally fine. Well, with you should so, with that they're good pitchers. Yeah, exactly. So that's my point is they're not, you know, it's, I mean, Castellanos is, <laughs> is a free. I agent.
1: heard that he's not coming back. But yeah, I know. I weird.
0: know that. I know he doesn't want to come. Javi Baez is a free. I mean, God, look at this list of names.
2: If we sign Javi Baez, I'm going to riot. That's all that's that's my They're tiger not going to. I think he's They won't. The best. That's that's my tiger take for the day. And Rabs, I completely agree with you that they don't need to go after an outfielder. And I actually the more I've thought about it, I like Simeon a little more than I don't like him more than Correa, but I see it happening more than Correa. I'm starting to get nervous, I, Collins. I'm with you. Like I think Correa is going to end up in a big market.
1: I think Correa is coming with the Tigers, guys. I really believe. I, that. I hope so,
2: but dude, I just think I the 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 thing that I'm There's starting so to There's so much smoke. Well, no, the 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 thing that's starting to sink in for me, and I'm starting to question it a little bit more, because I think we should, is we don't even know if like AJ Hinch and Correa, if that's even a thing. Like everyone, I think play. it is a thing. Oh, well, I don't think know. He talk managed about it from him, and, yeah, but it's just like, what if he fucking hated him? Like, what if he didn't like Hinch?
1: Like, well, we, I don't like, think
2: either of these guys have said a word about each other.
1: Well, I I think it's pretty obvious, Trent, the way that the media has talked about it, that they obviously liked each other. And I think it's obvious that Tigers are willing to spend the money to go out and get them. I think they're going to sign Correa. I really do. Okay. I hope so. But I was just bringing it It, up. It's like one of those things, Trent. Like, do you remember when Harper signed with the Phillies? Yeah. And everyone was kind of like, "Why?" like Phillies, what a random team. It's kind of like that with Correa. Like, there's been so much Tiger Correa talk. I just see it happening at this point. All right. And if it I doesn't, just, I'll be fine with Simeon. Simeon was really good existence. for Toronto last
2: year. I, I really just think, yeah, the, the only reason I bring up the Simeon thing is because if if they sign Simeon instead of Correa because of money or X, Y, and Z, whatever, I just don't want people to think that all hope was lost for this free agency class. And like, it's just, you know, it's not any good because Simeon's a good player. And we've talked for like basically all season and towards the end of the year last year. There's the tired stat of the the Tigers started four and twenty nine and then they were nine and twenty four whatever it was, and then they were a winning team the rest of the year. This team, honestly, I believe, is a shortstop away from from really competing. So that's kind of where we're at. And like Rabs, that's where I completely agree with you. The money should be like you you should be looking no further than middle infield. No, like it. it, No, yeah, you have
1: to. They have to sign a shortstop because.
2: you're you're exactly right. Like Derek Hill has earned the right to play every day, and he's been good. And I think if all these pitchers too continue to take a step, and, and, as you'd hope they would, you know, Manning, Schubel, and Mize that that's a that's a damn good rotation. So I'm just that's all. I'm just ranting at this point. But I I just think that I would like to sign another veteran pitcher. That'd be nice. But I just think if you sign one guy, it's got to be a shortstop. So that's all.
1: Yeah, yeah that's, I, 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 that's like fair. It. I, th- I, if they like go out there like Friedler's a shortstop of the future, I literally would blow my brains out. So I'll just say that. Who? Friedler. If they're like, yeah, <laughs> just, oh, just oh, like right, Pridler fuck at shortstop. I'll be like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. So they better sign someone because I can't see Willie Cash or playing shortstop again for another summer.
2: No, I can't either. I can't either. You guys are funny.
0: All right. Well, let's wrap the show up. Uh, now we have to do – oh, my gosh, the Lions. We're doing all four teams today. Awesome. Um, the Lions are were on a bye week last week. I, I, I saw the uh, – do you guys see the picture of, like, it was like bye week twenty seven, Lions twenty-four, like the NFL scorecard game. I
2: hate those. I think they're so
0: stupid and oh, that was funny. I laughed. I no laughed. dude,
2: was- what the- everyone says that and it's the dumbest joke ever. Oh, Don't they'll find the lions. They'll like, find 12. a way to lose on the bye week too. they
0: They're all nine. Funny. He won the I, bye I
2: week, love bro. when
0: I love when uh on the radio, well, they'll be like like after the uh what game did they just get blown out in? Eagles. After the, ba- the Eagles game oh yeah after the game like Monday I think it was like jeff Ri was like oh my gosh whoa the Eagles just scored again i th- I thought it was so funny but um Hilarious. all right anyway Trent did his homework we greatly appreciate this Trent Trent went back listened to all the episodes and finally got us in order to get on the same page of the leaderboard for the picks Trent can you please read off the leaderboard
2: I can read it off your leader Ryan Rabinowitz is nine and seven. Yes. In yes. second place, Ryan Collins, seven and nine. Ooh. In the basement, Trent Bally, six and ten. Shocking, Trent.
0: Unreal. I, I right. have a
2: formula and I stick to it. So I don't I don't yeah. care. My formula is lions and over. Maybe I'll start picking lions and under because golf stinks. Maybe that's what I'll start doing. We don't care. We, we do don't care. care. The Lions also, for the record, have not been favored in a single game this year. I don't think that's shocking really? to anyone, but like when I was looking no. back at all this stuff, I was like okay, underdog, 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 underdog. It's just – it's like, uh, yeah, great.
0: Yep. but, hey, Lions at Steelers. The 0-8 Lions against the 5-3 and Pittsburgh Steelers. That's on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Game's on Fox for anyone who cares. Let's see what we got here. The Steelers are an eight-point favorite. The over-under is at 42-and-a-half. Trent, I will let you start. Lions cover – Lions cover
2: the Bears. Just hung with the Steelers and almost beat them. The Seahawks almost beat them without Russell Wilson. I don't think the Steelers are good. I think they're like slightly above average, and I think the Lions are far below average. However, however, i I was at the last I was at the last road game for the Lions against the Steelers. I was at Heinz Field. Great atmosphere, lots of fun. I think I'm not going to say the Lions will win, but I will definitely take those points, and I'm going to take the under. I think, I think Najee Harris and Swift are going to basically run the show. It's going to be low scoring. So give me the Lions and give me the under. Trent, you need to start right. I want you to get a notebook out right now. I, I, I'm ahead of you. I, I got you. I got you. You are
0: in charge of the picks. You are the picks coordinator for the rest of the season.
2: I will have sticky notes up on my wall in front of my little desk here that, that Good. so I can track the record. But that's it. I got Lions and under. Collins.
1: You know what? I think Khalif Raymond has a huge game. No, I'm not. I'm okay. I'm not going to go down that. I give, give me the Steelers and under. I'm sorry. Lines well, suck. I just, I, the one that I will say though, I did like the little pickup they got for Reynolds. I think that was a nice pickup. I don't, I'm not acting like he's some world beater, but they need wide receiver help. That was a good waiver claim. And if they eventually get the right quarterback in, you've actually seen like Reynolds actually play well in Los Angeles. So eventually he could be a nice little third or fourth piece for you on the offense. Um, But no, I just, I feel like we keep like looking for like, I think they are really going to show up in this spot. I just, I think all eyes are going to turn on Thanksgiving. If they win that football game, then it's an immediately switch to 0-17 watch. And I think I'm already on 0-17 watch right now. Like I, I I, really think this team is going to struggle to win a game, especially what's going on in their offense and in their secondary. So I don't I don't know how you fits those two major, major issues. They're not winning this week.
2: Okay, I have a comment on that,
0: but I want Ravs to make his pick first. Uh, I will take the Steelers in the under. I know 42-and-a-half, like I feel like I could – I'm just going to take the under I, Playing I four just,
1: corners as the lead. Now he's trying to, I mean, whatever, playing four corners, rabs, <laughs> dude, I don't I I'm was going to take, the, I don't
0: know what you want me to do
1: here. I only have two
0: options over or under. I think they're going to, I think it's Steelers and under I dude, I'm not going to take the, I don't, I don't have any interest in taking the Lions against the spread in any of these games coming up. They are that bad and I it just it is what it is. So, I'll tell you right now, unless something jumps out of me that doesn't make any sense, but I will take the Steelers in the under. That's all I have to say. I have no analysis.
2: And I'll tell you right now. That yeah, that was a dumb joke, whatever. Um, I I want to I want to mention one thing about what Colin said. What really sucks about the Lions this season is like, if Okwara and Okuda and Decker and Ragnow aren't all hurt, they have at least a win at this point. And now, Collins, you are correct that if they don't beat one of these teams here in the middle of the season, and it's and it's December, and they're still winless, they're probably going to end winless. You know, like, I would go on the record and say, if they don't beat the Bears in Thanksgiving, they probably will go on 17 That's just what the odds are going to be, which sucks. And, Rabs, to your point about having no interest in picking the Lions to cover any of these games, these lines are going to get so large that you're going to see more of these Rams-Lions, you know, spreads where it's like the Lions are 15-point dogs. And I just think at some point they're they're going to cover these spreads because they've actually covered a few times this year. Don't have the numbers in front of me because the lines we pick aren't the official ones because we go so damn early but it is what it is. That's all Collins. I did like the Reynolds signing just because it's just a name, whatever, like just you're throwing shit at the wall and hoping something sticks at this point. Cause your receivers stink and you gotta, you gotta, you know, bring someone back. Quint Sevis, another guy who was hurt. So, um, and, and my one last, my one last Lions point is that if you will return to practice. So if you are someone like me who was excited to watch some of the younger players who have shown flashes a little bit, if he was pretty good through three games, then he went down. So I'm excited to watch him. That is all. Thank you. One pride. (laughs) One pride always.
0: Do you call him Ify?
2: Yeah, that's what he goes by.
0: Really? Yes. No, there's no way. His name is Ifyatu, and he goes by Ify. Trent, I just have to say I just tip my cap every week. I tip my cap. You are a good man. No one can say otherwise. Trent, you Uh, need to be hired
1: by the Lions immediately after graduation just as a PR guy.
0: (laughs) Like, just yeah, like actually, go, just should.
1: go like spread false narratives
2: about why the. No, it's just saying
1: yeah. that you don't like Trent. You believe this stuff. That's
0: yeah. like <laughs> Trent. Trent would be the director. The director of uh, positivity, uh, fandom,
1: fandom engagement. Or yeah, yeah, uh, fan uh, engagement uh, I, and positivity. Yeah, exactly. You'd be so. You'd be good at like Trent. I'm one of the most pessimistic people in the world, and Trent. Like every episode, I'm gonna say maybe Trent's right. Like he's just so. <laughs> Some, so I, someday, positivity will
2: prevail. Someday.
0: Trent, do we have a trifecta to end the show?
2: We do. We do.
0: All right, uh, go for it.
2: Trust trifecta, welcome in. First question: Did you guys turn all your clocks back? Did, that is that is like the oh. worst thing, by the way. Like having to reset the like stove, like hit the you gotta you gotta yeah it, you, it is you gotta it figure sucks. out how to do it. it whatever.
1: So I, I, how how have you adjusted to the daylight savings time? I don't get bothered by it either way. I don't get why people lose their stuff. Like they lose, people lose their minds about people. It. People love talking about daylight. I'm like, I don't. I'm like, guys, sick. We have one more extra hour. I, I first of all, I prefer the fall one. Everyone said I hate that it gets dark earlier. Like I don't really care either way. I hate the sprint forward usually, especially in college. It was the worst. Yeah, because it, it happen-
2: happens on a Saturday night.
1: Yeah. And we would have to, and you're like at the bar and it goes from 1 AM to 3 AM. And you're like, uh, guys, you're just immediately, you're like, I'm in trouble, mom, come and help me. So I really don't care either way, but I would, I prefer the fall one over the spring one.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I was actually in Pittsburgh over the weekend. Um, yeah. What was that? So this company that I started doing some work with during COVID while I was waiting to go back to my actual job now um they do like uh jerseys and apparel um for hockey so yeah. there was a uh, robert morris university charity event that they were trying to, to, try to uh to try to get their hockey and and women's hockey teams reinstated because the funding was cut so we went out there to do uh we made the jerseys for them um some pretty cool uh pretty cool nhl alums in that game uh uh and then we uh, did some like on-site printing of sweatshirts for their, for their events. So we were there for the weekend. It was at the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins practice facility, which was great. I was sick that weekend. So I was pr- primarily in the hotel room as the event was going on. Um, but the daylight savings time actually saved me because I got an extra hour of sleep out of it. So that was, that was huge. I needed it. So yeah i just love the fall man fall back thanksgiving halloween scarecrow whatever you want i'll take this it this is true
1: this next couple weeks are really like my favorite time of the year oh yeah
2: yeah it's awesome it is awesome and it's becoming christmas i decorated my whole house here at michigan state christmas, christmas music Trent,
1: is, has been on the radio
0: for weeks already too my mom's it called, got Trent, i know stairs.
1: that this is a debate for another day and i know you're gonna mad i've officially came around i Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday Okay. That will be that'll be a good topic for discussion. I know you I know we've talked about it a lot on this show, but I like in the last week and a half I've realized that like Thanksgiving and like the three days after Thanksgiving are my favorite like four days of the year, I think. No,
2: that that's valid. Not because... not
1: including March Madness, but okay. other than that, yeah.
2: Well, that's valid. Thanksgiving's number two for me. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that another time. But yeah. um second question would you rather go to the champions classic? In Madison Square Garden, or the Battle for Atlantis in the Bahamas?
1: Battle for Atlantis. Is that just because of the weather, or do you think it's cooler? Weather, yes, and also Michigan State just gets hammered in the Champions Class. Okay, <laughs> well
2: that, that's that's fair. I just guess it, it's more like, would you have you been to the Garden, Collins?
0: Oh, Collins is frozen. Rams, have you been to MSG? No, I haven't, and that's why I, I I mean, obviously the Bahamas, I'd like to go because it's the Bahamas, but I would, yeah, I'd be I'd like to see Madison Square Garden at some point in my life. So I've never been there and I would hope to get there someday. So I would say champions classic. Okay. That's a good, that's a good answer. I I,
2: was, teams,
1: I feel like too, in that
0: usually yeah,
2: that's back. Better. much better. Collins, you're back. We lost you for a sec.
1: Yeah. I, my computer just like, shut off for some reason. I had my charger in too. That was bizarre, but, um, champions classic is cool. And going, I I've always wanted to go to MSG, but I think I'd rather go to MSG for like a next game. If that makes any sense.
2: No, it does. Hold it on. definitely does.
1: Yeah, so I, I, Jamie and Selassie, the thing about it, if Michigan State's good, like there's years where Michigan State's really not that good and they play in it, and I'm like, eh. But the battle of Atlantis, it's like, okay, I can watch Izzo make terrible substitutions for 20 minutes and go to the pool after this. <laughs> it's not like I don't – it's like – you know what I mean? It's not like I, I don't have to go sit in a, a hotel room in New Jersey after, after like Julius Marble plays awful. For, like, two months. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Especially because Michigan State basketball is maybe – people won't understand this because Michigan State basketball been so – I mean, people do understand this. There's a lot of people here Michigan State fans that listen to this podcast. Michigan State basketball and Tom Izzo, watching in the first two months of the year, it is incredibly frustrating. And, I like, he literally does it on purpose half the time. But, like, I can't quit. It's, like, one of those things. It's, like, a drug. I'm like, but – I have to watch this January game because it's really going to tell me what they're going to do in March, even though it probably won't, but I don't know. It's, no, it's it, always Michigan, fun to watch
2: the, it's fun to watch the progression of the season. Always. No, it
1: it's fun, but it's not fun because Michigan, the way Michigan State does it, it's so incredibly frustrating, but it works. So
2: No, for sure. All I'm saying is like, you have to be there for the beginning because you have to see point a to point b you have to see like, i'm through. like tom
1: can we get akins out of the game he's clearly not ready for this moment yeah. like yeah that was, it, that was the reason they scored like eight points at the end of that half whatever
2: yeah. also dude okay so for those who didn't know i was at the game covering it the price of like booze in new york city is unlike. like it, 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 i can't even wrap my head like i would be sober if i lived there like it, it's <laughs> ridiculous i i get done and i hit the i hit the corner liquor store because I want, like, a little – I want a pint of Jack Daniels. I don't even want, like – I don't even want, like, a fifth. On a I'm Tuesday?
1: What's the yeah, you, Taylor?
2: Didn't have anything the next day. We just had to fly <laughs> home. That's all. But I, I go in there, dude, and a pint is, like, $30. Normally, Believe like, 12 it. Normally, like, $12. I was,
1: Maybe I was, it was so, just that shop.
2: I was so distraught. Also, a beer at MSG was
1: $16.15. Un- Believable, okay. Well, I mean, it's a it's a thirteen dollars at a Tigers game. It's not that crazy.
2: Yeah, but just I guess just the cost of living and the the taxes in New York are just. Oh yeah, like, it's, like, it's, it's just no ridiculous.
1: joke, dude. It's so, no joke. So
2: I'll round this one out, and this this one could be a rabbit hole. But this third question.
0: Oh boy, I have a meeting at two. No rabbit holes.
2: Okay, okay, no rabbit holes. I'll have you, have you ever? Have you ever I know. Have you ever questioned how much you love sports? That's all. All the no. time. All the time. Okay. No, because I, 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 just, I, I literally, uh,
1: On last Saturday I wondered why I loved sports. That's what
2: I'm saying. It was it was the MSU Purdue game that made me think of this it. It is just
1: you get your hopes up and you're like, I do this for like what ten moments in my life that really like Yes really that was really percolate.
2: That was my exact train of thought. So we'll let Rams get but out that's, of here. But I, that's,
1: that's, but it. that's why you love sports. I, I, I don't know. It's it's such a a Rubik's cube of mind thinking when you think of sports, you're like, why do I like, why do I do this? And then at the same time, it's like the people who don't like sports, like they probably are more peaceful and stuff like that, but isn't your life boring? Like, what do you do on a Tuesday night? So I don't know. It it, it is an internal struggle when I have that conversation.
0: All right. Well done folks. That is it for today's episode of the Motown rundown. Uh, for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I am Ryan Rabinowitz. So, have any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show on Twitter at Motown underscore Rundown or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Do not miss a single episode of the show. We are on Spotify and we are on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars, follow us, subscribe, all that good stuff. We really appreciate it. We'll uh, have a new episode for you every single week. We appreciate you guys listening. We love you very much, and we will see you next time.